What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Splitting Up Rice podcast. Today, it's myself, Drew, with Josie, and we're going to be going over some, um, it's not even football. This isn't a football podcast today. I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. Um, kind of a dead period here in the in the NFL and, and football just in general, college football as well. And so we're going to dive into some other things. There's a lot of other things going on that are kind of huge. Um, and we're going to spend the second half, and we did, used to do this a long time ago, we're bringing it back. We're bringing back soccer talk. After the break, we're going to go into some soccer talk stuff. Before that, we're going to go ahead and talk about some random things um, that have been kind of going on in sports. And we're going to dive into some fantasy football. As Josie and I are huge in fantasy football, we love playing it. We're going to talk a little bit about that process. Before we start, you guys know how we always start this podcast. We got best and worst. Josie, I'm going to toss it to you first, sir. What is your best and worst? Um, the best has yet to happen because in two days' time, Wednesday the 16th, I'll be flying to Las Vegas with my groomsmen to celebrate my bachelor party. So I'm excited, nervous, um, but excited as well because this is the first time I actually can go to Vegas since turning 21 to experience it to the fullest. Mm-hmm. The crappy thing is I've been looking at the forecast and the high next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because I leave Saturday night. Saturday midday is going to be like 115, 117, 117, and 111. Somebody tweeted, I think like a, a news, the, a, a weather anchor or a weather reporter out of Vegas that basically said the, the, stairway, the stairway to hell because it was like 101, 107, mm-hmm. 115, 113, and, and like 117. So it's going to be like ridiculously hot next next week. But the good thing is like majority of stuff that we'll be doing is going to be like indoors or in pools and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. uh the 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 worst is i i thought about getting a table in vegas because next friday the chain smokers are there mm-hmm. chico's are there and steve yoki has like his residency at the caesar or mgm one of the two mm-hmm. um i didn't i was sort of oblivious to the fact that how expensive <laughs> tables were in vegas um like for a basic section like where the chico's are playing at the cause at, at the cosmopolitan it's like 600 bucks and it's like you're like sort of in a little room away from the main dance floor and the 600 bucks that 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 you're paying is that's like basically like that the amount of money you have to spend at a minimum to get the table mm-hmm. and i was looking at the at the um at the at the at the, at the menu to see okay like what can we spend for 600 for 600 so a basic bottle of don julio there will cost 725 dollars when it's crazy because here we can walk to our local liquor store and probably pay 60 bucks and get the entire bottle so the next time we talk, I'll give you the full rundown of Vegas. You'll probably see some stories on social media, then probably some I'll send to you individually. So I'm excited. I'm nervous. So it should be a good time. But overall, I'm just really, really excited to be able to spend these, this time away with, with, with my boys. Yep. And I've had a ton of stories in Vegas. I've got a, I used to go there almost every summer to play basketball. And that 100-degree weather is no joke. But the crazy thing is, it's 100 degrees during the day. Like during the day, you won't find no one on the strip. You you don't personally don't want to be walking on the strip unless you absolutely have to. But at night, it gets it doesn't get like cold, but it, it feels really good at night. And that's when everyone's out anyway. You know, Vegas is a, is a city that never sleeps. So you'll be you'll be out at night. And yeah, well, like you said, normally you'll be at a pool during the day or you'll be inside doing something gambling. Hopefully you win some money gambling. Um, I know that's how a lot of people quote-unquote pay for vegas trip is yeah uh, you know you know hector hector was basically mm-hmm. saying that he wants his trip in vegas to be paid for by his winnings in, in vegas and 
I'm trying to replicate that. But the crazy thing too is like I was looking earlier today at the at the weather because here in Dallas it was like 98, 99, and it felt like 108. In Vegas today it was like 106, but it felt like 106. So mm-hmm. it's like dry heat over there here in like North Texas and in Dallas in general. It's more of like humidity, and mm-hmm. it's sort of the whatever the temperature is. It's actually a lot hotter. So hopefully in Vegas, whatever. If it's 108, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like 108. It's not going to feel like 120 degrees outside. So we should be good. Yep, for sure. Um, my best and worst uh, <clears throat> don't have a – they kind of go hand in hand. Um, this time of the year for myself is camp season. Uh, I just spent last week doing a girls' basketball camp at my old high school. And then now this week I'm doing the boys' and girls' camp. Um, and it's the best because I love I love doing camp. It's fun. You get to meet a lot of cool kids. You get to meet a lot of cool uh, other coaches in the area, other coaches that coach within the system. So that's very fun for me um, just to kind of meet those people. And, you know, you get paid to do it. So that's always cool. And, and the camp checks usually hit pretty good. Uh, but the worst is that you have to do camp. And when you're in camp, camp is rough. It is, a, it is the longest week of your life. And you add on, I, I got all this coaching stuff um, and at night and stuff like that. It's going to be a long week for myself. It's an all-day camp, nine to three, dealing with um, first through, I think it's, I think this week's going to be seventh graders, but maybe even, maybe incoming freshmen is the highest that they would go. So um, you got to, you hope, you got to hope for a good group. You got to hope for an older group, um, but camp week is here. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm not, also not looking forward to it. I got to wake up before i gotta wake up before seven o'clock tomorrow or camp starts at 7 30 so gonna be a rough five days for me but i'm looking forward to i'm looking to forward to friday when that paycheck hits that's 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 the most important part for me that's that's what gets you through the week and i feel like that's what every adult gets you through every week whenever you're working so what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you spending on are you gonna buy anything today <laughs> absolutely nothing i'm gonna spend it on maybe like a massage or something i camp checks are like what that's how i make my money in the summer i don't do anything in the summer but do camps so um it's a rough week but like i said it's it's a nice little paycheck for a week's a week's worth of work so um but let's go ahead and get into this um how we're going to start off today we are going to start off with talking about fantasy football uh the reason why i saw this i saw this tiktok today about this guy talking about how much fantasy football means to him and like he's like you know females need to take note um and and the fact that like fantasy football it does crazy things to you it makes you watch crazy games we were just kind of talking about you know if you have a certain player um let's just say he's on the jaguars and they're playing the jets that week in jacksonville at 425 or 325 our time but 425 eastern um you might be watching that game over potentially watching the cowboys or the patriots or whatever kind of big noon game there is simply because you have a player in that. And it's just crazy to me to think that fantasy football um, does things to you like that. But Josie, kind of talk to me about when you first got into fantasy football and when it's become an obsession for you. Uh, So I got into it four or five years ago. My One of my buddies, Javi, you met him. Mm-hmm. He is really big into fantasy football year over year. And he's like, hey, I think you'll be good at it because you know – analytics you you follow sports you know trends and so on and so forth I'm, okay cool like yeah it was, it was a family league 20 dollar buy-in like whatever i'll do it um and ever since then i've been hooked like the first year it was funny because i think i started off like oh and six similar like i did for the basketball league mm-hmm. then i started doing some more research and i and i and i determined that there's a 
the wire, uh, the, the, the waiver wire was like really big. That's how you make a lot of big moves and that sort of stuff. And I started realizing there's certain websites that tell you, okay, who are the big trends that are, are happening that week? Like, who is everybody picking up? Mm-hmm. So I started picking up those players and I went on, on this like 10 game winning streak and I got into um, the semifinals where I played Javi that year, but I, I lost because he had that, that was Zeke's rookie year. So he had Zeke, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, and the former the former uh, Cowboys running back who went to Tennessee that year. I forgot his name. Uh, DeMarco uh, Murray. DeMarco Murray. So imagine those three running backs mm-hmm. going against me when I had like all these sort of waiver wire big people I was picking up just to get me to the, the semifinals. So ever since then, I've been hooked. And it's, it's, it's interesting because you, you draft players based on their potential. And the thing is, you just, you just don't know what's going to happen. Like um, the year after I picked up Todd Gurley on, on a, in, in the third round. And that's when he had his, like, uh, like his offensive player of the year when he went off just for everything. Like I remember he'd won me like three weeks worth of games because he just had 40 point games. Mm-hmm. And then I think the week after the year after that, or, or, or last year, no, the year after that, I picked up Christian McCaffrey. I think he was like a, a fourth to fifth, a fourth to fifth uh, pick overall. I picked him up. He basically won me the league because he had the, the year that he did. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool because you're able to sort of see the trends are going to happen, see who are going to be maybe the uh, the rookie of the year, the offensive player of the year, so on and so forth. But it also gets you, it also makes Sundays more interesting and more fun. Mm-hmm. Because you have a purpose to watch, especially if you're like in a big money league. I know like some people, they play, they pay like a thousand dollars and winner take all. Mm-hmm. In this past year, I did a league with my barber, and it was a hundred bucks and winner take all. And it was upsetting because I made the finals and I lost because I think my star players. I think I had Keenan Allen was out the last week, and mm-hmm. all my star running backs were out that last week. So I lost the the the, uh, the final, but it, but it's just it keeps things interesting and it keeps Sundays more entertaining instead of having to just wait for your team to play on, on the Sundays. And like, especially for you, Drew, like the, the Colts are not a big game, like marquee team here in Texas is either the Texans or the, or, or the Cowboys will take the 12 or the 12 or, or, or three fifteen slot. And then whatever is a prime time game is a prime time game. So it forces you to like watch those other games because you want to see, Hey, are, are, are my receivers going to do good? Are my yeah. running backs going to do good? Is my quarterback going to do good? Is my kicker going to make all, all the, PATs and all the extra points that, that that he has the opportunity to make. So, yeah. fantasy football as a whole it just makes things more interesting. It makes things more fun. I think it keeps the NFL more entertaining instead of having just to watch one game a, a, a week and just hope for your team to win and, and your team to come out with the victory. And but it just makes things more fun. I I always have a couple rules when it comes to fantasy football. Um, I never draft players for my team. Now, part of that is because of Colts, besides when they had Manning and all those guys, they, they're not a, they're not very great when it comes to fan, producing fantasy players and whatnot. Um, so I never draft anyone from the Colts. I, um, I always try to – I always try to draft players that are going to get um, the most opportunity. So, like, I've drafted some players on some bad teams or picked up some guys, like you mentioned, on the waiver wire that are playing on some bad teams. But they're going to get 30 touches a game. And 30 touches a game, you never know what you can do with 30 touches a game. So those are kind of my rules I always stick by. And one thing, you know, you talk about the Colts not being a prime time. There's always a solution, and that solution is called Sunday NFL Ticket, baby. you got to stick with that. I got it. My dad got it a couple of years ago, and we've been hooked on it. 
Um, we watch the red zone channel, but there's nothing more stressful than sitting on your couch, watching red zone, watching like one or two main games and just staring at your fantasy team being like, okay, I need you guys to produce. I've, I've always felt like I do better whenever I don't care about my fantasy team or I'm doing something else that day, or I'm just watching the games and I'm just enjoying it. But that those, when I get, when you get down to the playoffs, the final, final um, couple games of the season, when you're trying to get playoff berth and whatnot, and you're, you know, you're like, I, I need to, I need you guys to produce and nothing's happening for the first half. And you just like give up. Um, it definitely gets stressful. Um, and, and there's been, there's been times where um, it, it hasn't worked out for me. I, I, I'm a very good fantasy player. I usually get pretty deep, but um, I can never win the big ones. I'm like Peyton Manning can never win the big one. Well, it's funny because you're talking about that. Cause I remember that one year where um, the Cowboys were playing the Eagles, I think week 16 or week seven, it was like week 15, week 15 or 16. And that was, uh, the, 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 whoever won that game was sort of going to win the NFC East. And we were watching it at, at, at your old dad's place. And I remember I had uh, Miles Sanders on my uh, fantasy team. And then I needed him to go off in order for me to win the uh, the, uh, the the championship that year. So I was like, it's, it, fantasy football has you sort of rooting for your competitors to do well against your own team. Uh, because, man, that, that money talks. Even though it's not a lot of money, it's just uh, – the title that comes up with winning fantasy football, like the 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 the, the fantasy football league I'm with Javi, like as a family league. Mm-hmm. I think I've won that league three of the last four years, and it's pretty cool because I say, hey, like I beat y'all. It's it's pretty cool. And then like even like the, the splitting up rights like we did last year. Mm-hmm. Like I was literally last place and I almost won the league with the 500 team. Yeah. Which is insane to believe. Like you never think that you would win the league with the five hundred team, but it's just that the the players just got hot at the right time and making the right trades. Like you gave me Todd Gurley, and I gave you John uh, John Brown. I picked up Patrick Mahomes because I had so many uh, good receivers, and just end, end up working out. So it was just you just don't know what fantasy. It's just that's that's the the fun with it is that you're able to sort of expect the unexpected. But then when it works out, it just makes things so much more fun and makes football and Sundays and NFL as a whole just more entertaining to watch. And uh, and if you haven't already, make sure you guys go try Dynasty football. Um, you know, redraft is what kind of what we're talking about is where you get a new team every year. Uh, I, I, my father has been playing in and one of his old friends, they've been playing in a, in a they they had played in the dynasty league from like 1997 all the way to 20 uh, 2020 so for almost 20 plus years they've been playing they had players on their team for so long my dad drafted calvin johnson and adrian pearson and had them on their team for the entire their entire careers um so it's pretty cool so i would always say for everyone out there if you love fantasy football you need to try dynasty fantasy you you basically keep the same players year in and year out which some people don't enjoy that just because they want new things that's why they like redrafts but you can always be in multiple redraft leagues you know and, and you can always make trades in your in your dynasty league and they're more interesting and so i always tell people out there at least try dynasty once day daily fantasy as well with DraftKings is pretty cool the the, um, the little draft app, or the fantasy app that we're associated with thrive fantasy they're a little bit different but they're, they're just also really cool where you kind of pick daily fantasy people um, as well so there's all kinds of fantasy football now which back what 10 15 years ago fantasy football it was it was starting to get big but it wasn't as big as it is now now it is huge it almost it honestly brings in millions of if not nah, well, I wouldn't say billions but it brings in millions of dollars 
to all kind of gambling and everything. So fantasy football, I think, has changed NFL. And I, and I truly do believe, even though athletes don't say that they do, I definitely think they um, play kind of towards like, you know, they, they, they want to do good in fantasy football is what I'm saying. Even though they subconsciously don't care, they're kind of like, well, you know, I want to go win someone a league today. Yeah, well, that last year, freaking Avin Kumar cost me a league when he had, what, five touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers in week it's 15 Christmas or 16? Yep. I'm like, dude, like, and it's funny because I actually come back. I, it was That was a final. It was a two-week final, and I came back and won it, even though, like, he had, like, 50 points that game, I think. Mm-hmm. I had Mike Evans, I think, the week after he scored two touchdowns or three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just crazy because you, you sort of, are down for the count and then one of your players just go off for an amazing game and it brings that hope back in. And that's all you need is a little bit of hope. And from there you can have the chance of winning. And then when you win, it just gives you that instant satisfaction. Exactly. So, but we go, we go from one fantasy football talking about another fantasy. Um, and, and what I'm talking about is this, is these YouTubers, these TikTokers wanting to be boxers or doing these boxing matches um, we're going to talk about mainly the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, which actually you and I both watched together. Um, but also, you know, a little bit about Bryce Hall and Austin Mc, is it McBroom? McBroom. McBroom. Okay. Yeah. And just kind of all that. Jarvis and you got, uh, Deji and Aesong Gibb. Yeah, KSI, and then Chad Ochocinco, Lamar Odom. Yeah, I was like, I fucking called Lamar Odom this week. Yeah, I was like. Lamar Odom was like, I saw a tweet of him fighting Aaron Carter. He knocked him out. Mm-hmm. But the thing that got me the most was, was this: somebody quoted the tweet saying, this is the first time I've ever seen anybody sag in basketball mm-hmm. and, and boxing shorts. Like mm-hmm. You usually put your boxing shorts like past your belly button to protect your, your, stomach. your, like, your stomach. Mm-hmm. But Lamar Odom was literally dead-ass sagging in boxing shorts. I'm like, dude, seriously? Um, but the reason why I want to talk about this just real fast is, um, you know, I, I, we've talked, actually, you and I have talked and you were watching the real UFC last night instead of watching this fake fight between a TikToker and YouTuber. Um, you know, these athletes, they train their entire lives to, or most of their life to be in these UFC boxing, whatnot. And like they are, their hands, and I've heard this, I'm, I'm sure it's true, but I'm not, I'm not going to be a hundred percent. Don't quote me on this, but their hands are legalized weapons. Yeah, they are. Yeah. One of, one of, so I learned how to uh, to box through one of my high school buddies um, who was an amateur boxer. Mm-hmm. And like, I did it for the cardio and also just to release some anger as well. Just, it's a good way just to manage the cardio and I think to, to release the anger as well. Mm-hmm. Anger management. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, it's a, it's free therapy to, 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 to a sense. Mm-hmm. So he was telling us, because he, he taught us, like, the basics of boxing, like a one, two, one, two, three, like, keeping your hands up and how to box and so on and so forth. And he told us, like, since he's an amateur boxer, like, he had to register register his hands as legal, as weapons. And, and that's, that's the case for any UFC fighter or amateur boxer or professional boxer as well, too. He told me here in Texas, I don't know if it's, if it's the same across the country, mm-hmm. that he has to be hit at least three or four times before he can, like, strike back. Because if not... It's, it's considered like assault and it's considered like assault with a deadly weapon because mm-hmm. your hands are deadly weapons. Because if you think about it, like, like boxers, they, they fight with 10 ounce gloves. UFCs, I think it's like six or four ounce gloves. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there, there's protection. But like when you get 
a bare hand and you hit them on the temple or you hit them like on the chin, like you can kill, you could kill them. Like people have yeah. died like in boxing by taking like a, a straight right hand, right hand to the temple mm-hmm. or like the chin. And that's with 10 ounce gloves. Yeah. And that's with some sort of protection. Just imagine if it's a bare hand, you can literally break somebody's orbit bone, just like a, a Canelo did with uh, Billy Joe Saunders, a straight uppercut broke his orbit bone and he could have died. Uh, but like the good thing there's like there's there's medical experts right there and able to protect them so on and so forth but yeah these these people have their weapons like registered as like as actual weapons because you can literally kill somebody with them and then if you don't and you have to wait a certain amount of time to to, to use them because if not it's, it's assault with a deadly weapon mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's crazy but but the reason why i want to talk about this is it just blows my mind that these youtubers who never i know i know they're like training they get professional they pay people to train them professionally for x amount of months and logan and jake paul have taken it very seriously uh, when it comes to training logan freaking moved to puerto rico just to train for the mayweather fight but it's crazy to me to think that these people can just come in and think that they're good apparently last night um the the refs were getting mad at at um bryce hall and and, and mcboom because they were throwing illegal punches and they were doing cheap shots at each other, um, which I mean, part of it is probably just because they wanted to go out there and do a street fight. But if you're going to do a boxing match, there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of technical things that you have to go through. Um, and even in USC, there's a lot of technical things that you have to do or, or that you can't do, excuse me, um, that I'm sure that a street fight, you can, you I mean, a street fight is a street fight. You can do whatever you want. That's, that's what, um, I don't even remember his name, but the, the famous YouTuber who died, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, um, Kimbo Slice, where he would just go. Uh, Kimbo, yep. yeah. And they would just, that, I mean, that's just straight street fight there. They're in the backyard. No one's really judging it. If you wanted to do that, they should have just set up that. Instead, they set up a real boxing match in it. You know, there was a, there were some good punches, but that's what you can expect when someone doesn't know how to play defense. Um, you know, and we can talk about this a little bit. Um, but I think Floyd Mayweather knew what he was doing. He knew he, he wasn't going to knock out Logan. He he was like, I'm going to do all eight rounds, give the people what they want, and I'm going to go home with X amount of million dollars that he made. Yeah, he made $120 million in 30 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 128 I think it was – I saw a tweet because they were saying he made more money in, like, 20 minutes than Michael Jordan did in his, like, 13- or 15-year NBA career, mm-hmm. which is – that's why you do it. But Floyd is smart because he realized early on that the boxers don't get paid the money. The promotion gets paid the money. Like there's a tweet or a YouTube video out there that he bought himself out of his last, uh, like out of his contract, his last three fights, like $750,000. He bought him out of that contract so he can go and create his own promotion. Mm-hmm. I think it was like the Canelo fight, uh, another fight. There's like two other fights on top of that. Like he made $750 million by buying by buying himself out of that contract because he created his own promotion company. And it's like a full vertical integration but that's the thing is like with these people like i i train just to like for cardio for exercises and i did that for like six months and there's no way in hell i could be able to walk into a ring and, and last five rounds six rounds eight rounds 12 rounds if it's a if it's a title fight no way in hell mm-hmm. especially if somebody else who's been training same amount of time as i have longer whatever it may be like there's a lot of technique that goes on with with boxing that people don't really realize and it's a lot of defenses to take it's it it's it's literally an art and floyd has mastered the art of being a, the greatest boxer of all time or at least the greatest uh the, the defense boxer of all time because that's what he's called a uh, pretty boy 
Floyd Mayweather because he never got hit. Like I commend like Logan and KSI was starting this whole YouTube thing because the YouTube boxing thing because it's sort of we put more emphasis on boxing and put more people wanting to watch boxing as well. Mm-hmm. Because like up until then it was just like Canelo and like and us Mexicans, we love Canelo. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia is a good one, and then like the, the whole division he's in. But YouTube boxing, like it, they do it for for the big paychecks. Like we mm-hmm. all see Logan got paid twenty million for maybe thirty minutes of work and putting in four or five months of hard work and dedication for twenty million dollars. Like you would do it too. Like who wouldn't do it? So it's it's a show, and it's sort of disrespectful to the people who've put their whole life into it. Like imagine you're a Canelo Alvarez. You you spent years and years and years like. Boxing was the only way for you to get out of poverty, uh, like get out of get out of the, the, the level of life you're living to have this mm-hmm. life that you want. And you have these people who are just doing it just for the heck of it to get an extra paycheck. It's sort of disrespectful to them. Mm-hmm. But that's why you'll never see these people be able to fight a Canelo Alvarez. Like, it's never gonna happen. Yeah. That's why everybody was so like amazed that Floyd was able was gonna fight fight Logan. And we sort of realized that even though Logan had like you could say he weighed in under 190, but he probably walked into the, the cage at 205 two, or 200. Mm-hmm. So he had an easy 45 to 50 pounds on, on Floyd, but Floyd still got the better punches on Logan. And like Floyd walked out of that ring basically like flawless, nothing yeah. on him. And Logan walked out with some like nice cuts, some nice bruises, uh, some swelling. But it just proves that, Logan, that Floyd is a better boxer. Like he just, mm-hmm. he mastered it. Like he's been doing it for 25 plus years. Logan's been doing it for three years max. It shows you that the, the years of dedication and the years to the craft actually pay dividends, even though somebody wants to do it for the paycheck. By all means, it's, it, if you want to go make money, go make money. Yeah. But just at least pay some respect to the people who've done it for multiple years. But like I also sort of respect what Jake Paul's doing. Jake Paul is, is fighting these people, especially from the UFC, and letting them get like what their money is worth because the UFC does a really horrible job about paying their fighters. Like that's, that's inevitable. Like Dana White and the whole UFC organization basically pays them the bare minimum so they can make the most, most money possible. And I think Jake Paul sort of exploiting that and he wants the UFC fighters to get paid more. Mm-hmm. And like Ben Askren and now Taiwan Woodley is fighting Jake Paul. So like these two guys are going to get a nice paycheck. Well, Ben Askren already did and Taiwan Wood as well. Um, but I think that's why Jake Paul's doing it and sort of realizing, hey, the boxers should be getting the money, not the promotions. I think we may hate them right now because of what they're doing, but down the road, they might change again forever. So the boxers can actually get paid what they're worth mm-hmm. and not the promotion can make 80, 90% of the purse and the boxer only make 10% of it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, and that's actually a really good point. Um, at the same time, though, I would hate for anyone to go into <clears throat> for I would hate for anyone to go into a match and and end up getting hurt just because you know they they were going against um, someone who even though they trained for X amount of months just wasn't you know prepared the right way or whatnot. So that's my only thought process with that. But we'll we'll, we'll see what yeah, this just, does. Just imagine, okay, Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders fought. Billy Joe Saunders was undefeated. Canelo was basically the king of boxing. Mm-hmm. Just imagine Canelo. Fought Jake Paul, Austin McBroom, uh, like 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 any of these other guys, right? Mm-hmm. That Canelo got a nasty quick. Like if, if you watch the fight with him and Billy Joe over again, like within a blink of an eye, he got him with a nasty uppercut that that broke his eye socket and his orbital bone on on his face. Mm-hmm. And that's a professional fighter. Billy Joe was undefeated. Just imagine him throwing that same shot to one of these other guys. Yeah. 
we don't know we don't know what happened like like he Billy Joe was sort of defenseless but he has the chin and he has the uh experience to be able to take one take one of those blows and and withstand it a little bit better than you and I would I mean you're probably right so um I don't think I could take a punch or give a punch but um that's gonna go ahead and do it for this first half we're gonna take a quick ad timeout when we come back we're bringing back an old favorite, and that is soccer talk, or at least an old favorite of mine, because right now they've got the Euros going on. The USA just won a huge tournament, so we're going to talk about that, but we'll see you guys. And Copa America is happening right now, too. Do you guys enjoy fantasy sports? Well, if you do, you need to come hashtag prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy this season. We've become an affiliate for them, so we need you guys to code up uh, Thrive Fantasy and download their app and use our uh, – Promo code, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Thrive Fantasy before. They are a daily sports app for player prop bets, which is a little bit different than what normal fantasy is, but it's it's a great way to learn a new sport as well as win a lot of money. So they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research um, because they only ask you about the top tier guys. So in football, they only ask you about, you know, D-Hop, Kyler Murray, um, big name guys on that weekend, as well as same for uh, NBA, MLB, um, golf, etc. I've seen cricket. There's esports stuff. There's a lot of cool different things you guys could be doing on this app. It's really fun. Um, for NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options to build your lineup. And the other ones like NBA, MLB, PGA, esports, you'll choose five out of 10 to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under based on its likelihood to actually occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Uh, if it's PGA, though, you don't have to worry about your uh, guy not making it to the uh, Sunday and Saturday game or, I guess, tournament um, because they only do it for Thursday and Friday. Uh, so that's really nice. So if, you, you know, if your guy doesn't make the cut, um, and you're kind of screwed out of the weekend, well, don't worry. It's only on Thursday and Friday that they do PGA, so it's really cool. Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and that doesn't include this year's numbers. This is just from earlier this year. Um, then they also have they also have 75000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. That is a lot of money that you guys could be winning. I know for myself, I've won a couple hundred dollars on Thrive, so I would – I would recommend going out and doing this because it's an awesome way to do it. And we have a promo code with them. So go use promo code splitting ups and that's in all caps and it's in all it's S P L I T T I N U P S. Again, that's S P L I T T I N U P S. When you sign up and you will receive an instant match bonus of up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. So if you deposit $20, you get $50 back. And that will give you almost double what you guys just put down. You have a chance to, to prop up on some other um, games and, and other matches. Maybe you want to try some different things. Again, it is a really fun app to use. Um, and and you, there's a lot of ways to, to win this. Uh, I've learned a lot about some different sports doing Thrive. Um, but if you guys go to, if you guys can go ahead and go download Thrive Fantasy on the Apple Store or the Play Store for Android. Or you can even visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Again, that's www.thrivefantasy.com. 
You guys can sign up and play today and come hashtag prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy. And welcome back. As I just mentioned, we're going to get away from football and we're going to talk about some football. Okay. Um, boy. We, we, used to, we used to do soccer talk a lot, especially during the, um, re, the reboot uh, or I can't remember what it was called. But when, when COVID happened and, soccer, and the, the Premier League came back, we did a lot of soccer talk with Sandy. We're bringing it back because right now there's a bunch of soccer going on. Um, all the leagues are done. This is all nations playing right now. Um, and the first one we're going to talk about, again, the same night that, that Logan Paul and uh, Mayweather fought, the same time USA and Mexico. And I, honestly, they were throwing as much haymakers in that game than, than, than the Logan and, um, and uh, Mayweather fight. And that's literally not figuratively because there was a couple fights in this game. But also it was a very close game. It was a very exciting game throughout. Um, so Josie, let me talk to you because you're obviously you're you're a huge Mexico fan, but that oh. night, well, no, well, you know, you you cheer, you you watch them, you cheer from every once in a while, but that night you cheer for USA uh, and you you rep the USA. No, yeah. So my alliance is um, I'm Mexican American, so I, I have the ability to to pick my alliance on on what who I root for on what side of the country on the sport. It was funny because that that same night, uh, Sergio Perez, Checo Perez, mm-hmm. the only Mexican Formula One driver, won the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, which mm-hmm. I rooted for him. Plus, in my story, just excited, just excited for him to win that. But that night, USA and Mexico played for the Concacaf Nations League final, which I think is the inaugural, the first time that tournament has ever been played. Mm-hmm. Soccer-wise, my allegiance is to the USA. Like, you no know, ifs, ands, or buts. Unless the USA don't make it to the World Cup, so 2018, I was rooting for Mexico because they're my number two. Mm-hmm. The reason why I, I, I my allegiance is with the U.S. is because I played with a couple of guys who are on the U.S. Best national team right now. Gotcha. So that's why my my allegiance is with them, and I've always been a big uh, supporter of U.S. soccer. And like, if, I always feel like if we get the right resources and the right um, path to get people to professional soccer, I think the U.S. can be a powerhouse. So I think. The U.S. men's national team right now, it's a very, very young and very good uh, team. They have really good potential. I think the, the the starting team that played against Mexico two, like a week and a half ago, or like two weeks ago. It's been two weeks ago, right? No, it's been a week. Last week. Been a week, yeah. Yeah, it was like the youngest team that we ever put on on the field starting-wise. Like, I think John Brooks and, and Tim Green were like the two oldest guys, and they're like 26 and 27 or 28. Then you have Pulisic, who's 22. You have Weston McKinney, who's 22 or 20. You have Sergino Des, who's 20. You have Reggie Cannon, who's 22. Like, this team is really good. And it was a really good test against playing against Mexico because, A, like the U.S. and Mexico game is the big rivalry game in North America. And then you go South America, you got Brazil, Argentina, you got Brazil, Colombia, Brazil, uh, Uruguay, and then you go to Europe. It's like Germany, Italy, Germany, Spain, France, whatever, so on and so forth. It was a really good test because, like, the Mexico, they didn't bring their best roster because a lot of their good players are injured. Like, Raul Jimenez is still coming back from the from that scary injury he had in in in, in the APL. Like Chicharito wasn't playing, but they still had uh, Chucky, and they had a really good team around in Mexico. So it was a really good test for the U.S. to have what is going to be their their preliminary roster for the Gold Cup, World Cup qualifying, and eventually the World Cup to basically go against like their arch enemy in Mexico and come up on come come out on top. Like, I'll admit, Mexico got the be- better of the U.S. early on. Like, we made a mistake. They scored. We came back. We scored. 
And then we ended up winning, and it's crazy that our backup keeper came in and made that ridiculous save, the penalty save at the end. But that's just soccer, and that's 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 the that's the beauty of the game that you just don't know what's gonna happen. Nobody has nobody would have ever been able to write that story. Like Zach Steffen gets injured with a contactless injury. Mm-hmm. Ethan Horvon comes in and saves a penalty and basically wins the the championship for the for the U.S. men's national team. And in my opinion, it's a really good victory. It's a really good momentum builder because you're able to beat your arch enemy who has a probably ninety percent like roster. Mm-hmm. against us who probably got had like 95% because Zach Steffen was out and so on and so forth. Like Christian Pulisic was still coming back from playing the Champions League final that week prior. So he was still like jet lag and still tired of it and everything. But it's just, it's a really good victory that the U.S. Miss national team ha- has a really good core of young players that if everything does come out to be good, in 2026 when we're hosting the World Cup, we should have a chance. My only sort of worry with that is I think we need a better head coach. Yeah, and and if U.S. starts doing but well, I'm sure we would attract a attract a good head coach to come over and and, and help coach this team up and get them to the to where they need to be. Um, but it was an extra, exciting finish. Um, it went into extra time or I guess overtime if you want to call it that. Um, and um, you know, Polsic had a at a PK and he scored, and then not what. Bins. Yeah, not, not what, like a couple minutes later, Mexico had a PK as well. And as you mentioned, the backup goalkeeper went and saved it. We were already in extra, we were already in over like extra time from then on out. Um, and so we kind of knew the U.S. is going to pull it home then. So it was an exciting game. Um, you know, we, we watched a good chunk of the first half and then we switched over to the fight and then we we're able to catch the second or the end of it, which was really good. Um, as well. And the, 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 the one really good thing about, <laughs> Uh, the U.S. men's national team, like, it's really crazy. Like, us being from Dallas and uh, FC Dallas is our, our local club. FC Dallas has, like, the best uh, academy pipeline in, mm-hmm. in, in all of U.S. soccer. Um, on that team, there's four players that came from Dallas. Three of them played, one scored. It's just insane that how people are from our back are from our, our backyard are playing and actually having impacts on, on, on these massive games and I don't know. The, the U.S. has a chance, man. I, I'm, I'm very hopeful of the U.S. Like, I, I want Mexico to do well as well. But mm-hmm. me being a U.S. men's national team fan, you always want them at least again to work up because mm-hmm. that's when you're able to see, like, the true spirit of American sports. Like, regardless of people who, like, don't even know jack shit about soccer, mm-hmm. if the U.S. men's national team is in a World Cup, you're supporting them. And, like, I remember when, like, in 2014, when we played and, like, the Kansas City, like, they had, like, that mm-hmm. big old open – uh, like live area and people were just going bananas when when the U.S. was playing. So if the U.S. gets into World Cup in 2022 next year in Qatar, man, I'm taking off every day the U.S. men's national team play, and it's going to be absolutely fucking insane. For sure. It, it'll, it'll definitely be crazy here. Um, but there's two bigger tournaments going on right now. The Copa America just started today. Um, Brazil beat Venezuela 3-0. Colombia is beating Ecuador 1-0 right now, and that's actually – playing live um who do you have winning the copa america i mean i feel like everyone kind of looks at brazil and argentina as the two top teams especially with uh, messi and neymar but do you think there may be a, a team that we're not looking at that could potentially win this year or do you think it's brazil and argentina's to lose yeah, the, the the two um underdogs are like the black horses are always gonna be like ecuador not ecuador uh uruguay and colombia like they have really good solid teams 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the favorites are always going to be Brazil and Argentina. And, and you sort of root for Argentina because the one thing that sort of neglects Messi's resume is the fact that he doesn't have a, a major club championship like Cristiano Ronaldo won uh, the 2016 Euros with Portugal. So he has that on his resume to sort of establish him with one of the best players of all time. Mm-hmm. Pelé's won the World Cup. Uh, Maradona's won the World Cup. The, the the next best thing to World Cup is winning your your regional championship, and and Ronaldo has done has done that. And in, in order for like Messi to be on that same level, he has to win the Copa America. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Brazil has a really good team. Argentina has a good team. Uruguay with Luis Suarez, you can never let them out. And, and him and Edison Cavani are really two good players, and they mm-hmm. have a really good defense as well. Colombia is just overall a really good team too. So more likely, it will come down between uh, Brazil and Argentina. You just hope for Argentina to win, but I don't know, I think Brazil is, has an overall better team. Everybody from Allison to the tier goalkeeper is a really good defense to really good defensive men to Casemiro, even Neymar's up top. So they have a really good team overall. Just Brazil is my only worry with them is they'll have a number, they'll have a really good striker. Mm-hmm. Neymar's not really a striker, he's more of a winger. Mm-hmm. But uh, competitive soccer, the best players playing representing their clubs, the best 23 players representing their, 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 their countries is nothing else you can ask for. Should hopefully should be some good soccer, but the cream of the crop right now that's going on is the Euros. Um, it just it started on Friday this last week. Um, already had some very very interesting games. Um, who who is your favorite right now, Josie, to win the Euros? It has to be France. <laughs> it's like France's like starting lineup mm-hmm. is insane. Like yeah. it's their starting lineup there, and the people they've left at home. Mm-hmm. Not on the 23-man roster, or 25-man roster. I have to use 25 now. You can create two or three teams and they can possibly make the quarterfinals of the Euros. Like, that team is absolutely stacked. Like, from, like all the way from the back to the front. Just that has to be the favorite. Uh, other than that, I think Italy can be a really good dark horse. Like, they have a really good team, and, and they're, like, clicking at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, Immobile is a really good striker that people are sort of underrated on. He's, I think they have a really good chance to come in. Germany is sort of on the tail end of its uh, like age of, of talent and everything. They're good. They have a couple of good young players, but I don't think they can they can compare uh, to France. Portugal, if you look at if you look at the Portugal roster on paper right now compared to the one that won in twenty sixteen, they have a better uh, roster as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I I still think that roster cannot compare to France. I think France has the ability to come in and win. And the scary part is like they have the ability now to play two different types of styles with two different types of forward. Mm-hmm. Like their, 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 their usual go-to is a, a Giroud, who is your typical nine, your, your typical number nine, who will go in and basically hold the ball and play it out to uh, either Griezmann or, or, or Paul Pogba and be able just to do what he did. Like he, like France won the world cup with him, not even scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. And he, he, and he was starting striker. And, they brought in Kareem Benzema, who's completely different than Drew. He's not your typical number nine. He's able to like float off the ball, make made these awkward runs to sort of trick the defense to make them uncomfortable to like, give more freedom to Paul Pogba, to give more freedom to uh, Antoine Griezmann and uh, and, and Mbappe. So was just like, imagine say Mbappe yet? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's like that. It's not even Mbappe yet. Like just 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 imagine like. One day they can say, "Hey, screw! We'll go with Giroud," and then just him do his, his thing and score a couple goals mm-hmm. for France and hold up the ball and play for Griezmann and Mbappe. All right, next game we'll go with Benzema. Benzema, go do your thing. It's just it's insane the time that the amount of talent that they have on their roster is unfair. 
Mm-hmm. I think Belgium has a really good chance, but Belgium, this is their only, t- in my opinion, this, this, this Euros and the next World Cup is going to be the end of Belgium's golden age. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it, it sucks that uh, De Bruyne got injured in the uh, Champions League finals. He's not playing right now. He, uh, Hazard's not in, in really good uh, form. But just Lukaku's on a, on a whole nother level right now. It's just scary to like see that he only had two touches in his last game against Russia, and the two touches he had, he scored. Mm-hmm. So just Belgium's a really good team. France is a good team. I don't know the Euros is just a really fun competitive uh, tournament because you get the best players across Europe playing um, for their countries and going all out because this is the next best tournament compared to the World Cup. There, there's two teams I want to mention. Um, and they're always in the conversation, but it's England, of course. You know, they have a ton of great talent from the from the EPL. They I, always, I totally forgot about England. England yeah, they, England might be a, another one that can win this thing, too. And they always underperform. That's just – that's kind of their MO. Uh, I feel like I haven't known soccer that long, but they always underperform. They just don't – again, they just don't win the big ones. And surprisingly, Spain. I, I'm just going to put them out there. I don't think they're going to win this year, but I think they're going to be always a tough out. Um, but the group of death – as we've talked about when this came out, you got France, Germany, and Portugal all in one group. Um, and Hungary as well. I'm not going to not say Hungary, but I don't think they really have a shot against those three. So um, it'll be... Yeah, great. but my thing, we, we got we to talk about England. Like, England just beat Croatia, which is mm-hmm. a rematch of the 2018 World Cup semifinal. Mm-hmm. Okay, first and foremost, this is the first time a uh, Manchester United or Liverpool player did not start a game. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Raw, if you look at the starting lineup, it's absolutely insane to me that you have uh, Kyle Walker as your right back. When you when you have Trent, Trent TAA on the bench, who's basically probably dominating the EPL, and you have uh, what's his name? I think he's hurt. He's not playing. He's hurt. Uh, yeah. And then you have Trippier as your left back when he's a, a natural right back, and you can put Luke Shaw there. Mm-hmm. And then that team, I think they're so young because you got Mason Mount, you got Philip uh, Phil Forden, uh, Harry Kane. Like these, this team is really good. And they beat uh, Croatia, who who beat them last year in the walk in, in, in the World Cup semifinal. So they haven't they're not a dark horse because they have good um, depth from a starting perspective and also from a bench. You still have Luke Shaw, Jack Grealish, Jordan mm-hmm. Henderson, Rashford came off the bench, and then uh, DCL, who's had an amazing year with Everton, came off the bench. Rich James, another good right back that you have. So like this team is really good, mm-hmm. and if they're able to sort of get it together from like a, a formation standpoint and from like clicking on every single uh, level, they can, they can have a rant. They can have a, a, a run at France, but I think France will still at the end of the day win this tournament because they have so much good players around them. The the surprising player from um, England's um, win today, Calvin Phillips for, for Leeds. He had a phenomenal game. He, he had their assist to, to Sterling. Um, and I know he's a Leeds guy through and through, but if he continues to play well in this tournament, um, he might not be on leads anymore because he, he's a super great CDM um, and he, he's able to make great one great runs. He was hurt, uh, I think, a good chunk of this year. So didn't really able to help, he wasn't able to help produce for leads. But again, if he has a good um, if he's a good Euros tournament, he could you know potentially be on another team next year. And also, I hate Phil Foden's fucking hair. He dyed his hair blonde. Um, Sandy was telling me that apparently it was for some former player, but it looks awful. He looks like freaking Eminem. It looks like the Slim Shady Eminem now. So if you don't know what he looks like, Dude, he's, check it out. He's so fucking good, man. Like him, Harry Kane, and then Raheem Sterling on top is just scary. And then having Rashford, mm-hmm. 
Marcus Rashford, like Mason the, Greenwood's the, not even not even on the team either, and he's yeah. a, he's a phenomenal. England England's very good. And they've always been very good. They just yeah, and then and then and then TAA is injured. Like mm-hmm. if TAA was in there, like he will be your starting right back. He has to be your starting right back. Like my only worry is their keeper. Like Pickford's all right, but mm-hmm. I still think he's not uh like a at Thibaut Courtois, um, Mueller, and then uh the guy from uh, Italy who's so fucking young and so good. Uh, they have the depth. They have the the recipe. They've always had the players. They have the best league in, in the world to be able to make a, a a deep run in these national tournaments. But it's just they always underperform. This is the first time they ever won their first game mm-hmm. in the Euros, which is insane to believe that the England, the 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 three Lions, have first time ever winning their first game in the Euros. They have the potential, and and, and beating Croatia, I think, is a really good win for them. It's it's, it's a good momentum builder. Because they were able to come back and beat the, the team that sort of built, that, that that beat them two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. and Croatia is not is not a team that you don't you don't play down on either. They they have a really good solid roster around them as well. They're a little bit older, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a good team. It's still a solid victory. But props to England. Hopefully they can make a deep run and maybe challenge England later on in, in the tournament. I mean for France later on in the tournament. For sure. And also just to kind of wrap up this whole thing, um, during the Denmark Finland game, uh, Christian Eriksen. Uh, collapsed during during the match was taken off rushed to the hospital i believe uh, but he's okay now the reports are everything's okay um not, i mean i don't i haven't heard like the details of it i just know that he's okay um you know and supposedly uh he had a seizure mm-hmm. and then he had a cardiac arrest no seizure and then cardiac cardiac arrest or one of the two because mm-hmm. i was reading an article or something about the uh the denmark's uh captain Mm-hmm. And he basically rushed. If you if you replay it, uh, he rushed to 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 Christian Eriksen, and he, he like held his tongue so he won't swallow it. Mm-hmm. And like he basically uh, started CPRs and just get everybody there and comfort his, his wife and brought the team back on to uh, to, to 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 play the remainder of the game. Mm-hmm. But like there was another quote that came out today by the Denmark's uh, medical staff saying that like he was gone, which basically mm-hmm. said like he was sort of dead and then he came back and came back to life it's just scary to see those things happen live um scary just to see that because there's a contactless injury which automatically puts your mind to be the worst case possible scenario mm-hmm. but every, all the reports saying he's good which is the important part because you don't want that to happen to somebody like soccer soccer football football mm-hmm. but life is more important than anything any sport that, that anybody could play Exactly. And the team we didn't even mention either, the Netherlands, they won today against Ukraine in a very good game. Um, but I don't think they're going to do anything special this year. They're still, they're, they're not the same Netherlands they were in the early 2010s um, when they when they uh, made a deep run in the World Cup. But that's going to go ahead and do it for the Spin Up Rights podcast. Um, thanks for having fun with us today. It was, a, it was a different kind of day. Normally, we always we always talk about football here, but uh, with not a lot of news going around right now in the NFL, not a lot happening. Uh, we're not going to start our series just yet of talking about each division. Uh, we're going to start that in a couple weeks. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about some soccer with Josie. Josie's very knowledgeable in soccer. Um, but that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. And that's going to do it for us here on the Split Up Rights Podcast. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. If you enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more, please be sure to follow us on Apple or Spotify at Splitting Uprights. If you guys would like to watch this episode, 
Um, we are on YouTube at Sideline Sports, the channel. So go to channel, look us up at Sideline Sports. You'll be able to listen and watch the actual episodes. Um, but again, make sure you guys follow us on, on any of those platforms. Wherever you listen to, make sure you are following or subscribed. It's 100% free for you guys, and all it does is help us out. So please go ahead and hit that subscribe button, the follow button, whatever the app tells you to do. Make sure you guys are doing that. Um, if you guys want to see some of our Twitter stuff, make sure it looks up at Splitting Ups on Twitter. We do some daily interactive stuff, um, so make sure you guys are following us there. That way you guys can be interactive with us, maybe be in our episodes and whatnot. So be sure to follow us there as well. But if you prefer Instagram or TikTok, we have those as well. We are uh, under Sideline Sports for Instagram and TikTok, so make sure you guys check us out on those. Again, that's under Sideline Sports. We post very similar content, uh, but you'll see some other stuff as well on our uh, Instagram and TikTok that you don't get on our Twitter, so be sure to follow all those platforms. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. I know this episode was not all about football or American football, I should say. Um, but we had fun talking about some soccer today. Um, so be sure to tune in next week when we be talking about more about the NFL. We'll see you guys next week. Now I'm rising from the crowd, rising up to you. Feel with all the strength I found. There's nothing I can't do.